All right, so I'm currently on the line with the guys of Dr. Ted and the Stone. So I'm going to go ahead and give them the chance to introduce themselves. Uh, All right. I'm Judah Goldman, uh, lead singer, frontman, miscellaneous multi instrumentalist. Uh, I'm Jose D. Cruz. I'm also miscellaneous multi instrumentalist, and I sing background. I'm Andrew Berger. I'm bassist, primary bassist of the band, and doctor of audio for the band. And I'm Maddox Pearson, and I play drums. <laughs> Anything. Very cool. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining me. Um, so uh, this will probably take a little bit of time, but why don't each of you um, kind of go through what it was that first connected you to music and you know made you want to pursue a life in it. Before we get too far into it, uh, I want to point out Judah is somebody that I've interviewed before. So um, his interviews are available and I'll make them available uh, via the link when I do share this as well. Um, but for the sake of like this question, why don't we uh, leave your information to, to that interview and then we'll focus on the other members for a moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful people to talk about. <laughs> um, I'll start. Uh, I, the first thing, my family's very, like, we always had music playing, but the first thing that, like, got me musically involved in anything was church. Um, uh, I had started, my family started going to the same church we've always gone to when I was, like, a year and a half. And then when I turned, like, nine I started taking piano lessons from uh, the church accompanist we had, and my sister had been taking lessons with him. And then, like, a couple years later, like, I'd say, like, four years later, five, I was playing at the church because uh, he had the accompanist had since left. And then it was me and my sister. Um, but she mostly played keys, and I was drawn to everything else. Uh, so I played guitar. Uh, I played, uh, drums, auxiliary percussion, Latin percussion, uh, organ. Uh, and so then it just kind of started there at like 13 years old doing like weekly rehearsals with the church musicians, uh, accumulating a large repertoire. Um, but in the way that like, I didn't think of it that way. Like it was just church. And so like fast forward to college and i'm like i start taking uh lessons with the instructors there and they ask like at the beginning of all the lessons they ask like oh what have you done and then i realize i'm like oh fuck i, I can curse here yeah yeah sure yeah oh <laughs> uh, i was like oh fuck i have like a ridiculous amount of playing experience for like a real consistent amount of time like after finally putting on the lens of, oh, I'm going to do music for the rest of my life. I finally looked mm -hmm. back and realized that I had been doing it forever. Sure. And so I'm just going to keep going. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Here, uh, Maddox, why don't, you, uh, why don't you go next? Sure, sure. You still thinking? Sure. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try, to, try to piece together as I go. Um, well, my, my love for music was kind of a gradual build, honestly. Like, I didn't really like music music until roughly i want to say middle schoolish age when i got like super into the rock band guitar hero video games but oh, yeah. um earlier in my life like i was just 
I don't know. I was always fascinated by video games, uh, soundtracks, and the atmospheres that were created within them and all that sort of things. So I was drawn to music from an early age, but not necessarily like I didn't really fall into the broader spectrum of music, I want to say, or like get feel the interest to become a musician until like roughly around middle school uh, when, um, what was it? I think I needed like an ele- something to fill an elective in middle school, basically. And I had uh, I, I played violin for a long time, like from elementary school through middle school, but I was never really that into it. I never practiced, and so when I eventually dropped it, I needed like an elective, and so I took to the uh, my college, my uh, middle school's choir, my high school's choir, eventually. And then also at the same time, you know, when I was playing rock band, I really got into sort of the drum aspect of things. I mean, that's always a that game. I mean, Mm -hmm. other than like some elements of its gameplay in the third installment, it never really taught like, you know, scales or whatever on Mm -hmm. guitar. But it was all about rhythm. And I learned basically basic, I guess, drum beats and rhythm through rock band. And I transferred that over into like real drums and it just sort of built from there. Um, I started taking formal, uh, I guess, rock lessons um, when I was in high school. And then um, I got my first drum kit when I was in high school. Like I think roughly like almost 12 years ago now, 13 years ago. Um, what was it? Um, yeah. So I took my first rock lessons, um, uh, played a bit in high school, uh, got into my first rock band around then, uh, started taking jazz lessons in college. And now here I am playing with these guys. And, you know, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride as a drummer and I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't regret any second of it. Sure. And Andrew, how do you, how did you find music? Um, I think it honestly started uh, when I was like five in the back. Or no, I did start taking piano lessons when I was four. No, I, I could not show for it at this time. <laughs> but <laughs> I really started to kind of pay attention to music um, when I was like five. Uh, <clears throat> my dad got a new car and it had like a six disc uh, CD changer. So my dad was just putting all of his uh, like top albums in the car and we were just listening to them. So it was like Almond Brothers, um, Beatles' White Album, Led Zeppelin, How the West Was Won, uh, <laughs> and the B-52s. <laughs> sure. I can't remember who else, but like that was kind of what started it. And I, like, I heard this guitar solo to uh, Back in the USSR of the White Album, and I was like, I want to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Like something about that guitar solo was just like, I want to do that. I kind of picked up my cousin's like mini guitar that he had. He's about like 10 years older than me. And I just started learning guitar like through lessons and then high school jazz ensemble and then college jazz ensemble and blues ensemble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we were all in uh we kind of made up our own ensemble on the campus for people who might not have been like interested in necessarily playing jazz music. So we play quote unquote blues inspired music. Loosely. I don't think it was ever really a campus sanctioned ensemble. I was about to ask if you were ever officially recognized. Well, we got in trouble because we took, we, we put flyers up that said BYOB and they were like, 
wait, you're, we, we, we don't recognize you as a club. You can't do that. And they like sent me a cease and desist letter. <laughs> oh my God. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this was after you graduated, Burger. This was our, my senior year. <laughs> oh my god the saga of the blues ensemble the Dude, origins concert. the Dude, best concert was consider- the, bottom, the bottom of seegers or the yeah. bottom of the center for the arts yeah oh, that Dude. was a great venue amazing that was Ugh. crazy well that sort of leads me into kind of the next set of questions that i have is kind of you know how did the four of you meet and kind of uh configure the way that you want to approach making music together so uh, a- Andrew and I met first. Yeah. We, we met in Kozak's uh, jazz. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we met. There were So in our college, there were two jazz ensembles. There was like Monday jazz and Thursday Tuesday jazz. jazz. Tuesday jazz. jazz. Okay. Thursday so, was big band. Oh, yeah. I was in that. Too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Shout out Tony Gyro. <laughs> the legend, man. Rob Hartman, Rob Hartman. For Rob life. Hartman. <laughs> uh. So anyways, there were like two jazz ensembles. So Monday was kind of the less preferred one. Uh, our <laughs> our teacher, Tom Kozik, taught it. Talented guitarist. Teaching style, and, uh, though. Gary. Gary, rest yeah, in peace. Yeah, and Gary, yeah. On drums. Both incredibly, incredibly talented musicians. Their, their teaching R- style. R.I.P. Gary. R.I.P. Gary. He's no yeah. longer with us. Uh, but their teaching styles were... You know, a little unorthodox, I suppose. A little less. You <laughs> Tom Kosick was the kind of guy I, I, I literally. This was an interaction I had with him. We were at a jazz competition at Moravian College, and he was Whoa. leaving the back room where um, the instruments were, and it was basically the green room for the for the performers. And he's walking away, and one of his shoes is like very untied. Like, I'm actively worried for this man. And I'm like, Kozik, your shoe's untied. And he says, thank you. And then just, like, walks faster away. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I'm like, is he mad? At is he going to watch the rest? I don't know what's happening. He, he was a pretty, like, quiet guy. He, I, I don't think he's, like, he showed up to play and teach, and then he went home. Yeah. He, yeah. Gary, Gary, on the other hand, was a very lackadaisical sort of man, but, you know. <laughs> Quite a character. Kept it, kept it pretty chill. So it's, at some point, I, I kind of gathered that you guys kind of branched off from that and started your own group that inevitably was not recognized by the school, but... Well, so the first configuration was Judah's wedding, but we've all played together in like some capacity before that. Judah, Maddox, uh, and I sort of. Jose and I, we came into the picture sort of uh, late in the game since, um, you know, obviously uh, Jude and Andrew, they they were in classes above ours. Mm -hmm. But. you know, we met freshman year, Jose and I, um, you know, we were on the same floor in Prosser uh, at Muhlenberg College, Dirty Pross. Um, Dirty Pross. <laughs> I, remember, I remember meeting him like uh, on, on, in our first week uh, around, um, he was playing like Stairway to Heaven. We were all like sort of singing Stairway to Heaven in the halls, <laughs> like uh, of, of Prosser. Like, yeah, yeah, ain't that a throwback, Jose? <laughs> And uh, it, it was just like at that moment I knew I I was around like 
fellow sort, you know, my own sort of people, my own sort of like music geeks that, uh, you know, I could pair with and I guess ascend to the next level of, I guess, music them, you know? <laughs> sure. So, um, once that did happen, how did you kind of come up with the band that you're currently in? Like, what is the the meaning of the name? And then how did you kind of figure out what style of music that you kind of wanted to focus on? So, so uh, I'd say there were se- several different iterations. Uh, yeah. So first, the uh, Andrew, um, in his senior year, my uh, junior year, he decided that he wanted to start this ensemble, the blues ensemble. And Maddox <laughs> was the drummer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, w- that was like the first time that the three of us were working closely together. Um, Cause Jose came into the Dr. Ted timeline. That's confirmed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Jose didn't join until Jose was never really part of uh uh blues ensemble we jose and i would play music together we'd hang out by the chapel and just like sit outside the chapel and play music late at night Um, uh, we played in a bunch of uh, our senior recitals or at least jose and i we played in each other so we played in we all well the three of us we all played in except for burgers except burgers burger didn't burger didn't have a senior recital True, no. and Judah, you didn't play in Maddox's. I did not. But yeah. then, um, I think after uh, the year after Jose and I graduated, uh, the Jude, um, Jude, Jose, uh, and two other people, um, two of our other older friends, uh, we went off to a cabin up um, in, in near Monroe, in, in Monroe, New York, in uh, yeah, yeah. the the Lower Catskills. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we we basically just got together for a week, um, hung out for for a bunch, uh, wrote a bunch of songs, and um, it was it was fun. It was a it was a very fun hangout, and we called those the uh, I think the workhorse session. The workhorse session, yeah. We called ourselves workhorse at the time, but I guess the name never really stuck. It was really just a sort of work in progress. Okay. I, Five I'd person like- outfit without burger. I, yeah, I'd yeah. like to add like a little, maybe not anecdote, but so Dr. Ted is a real person. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The name, the name comes from uh, our Lord and Savior, Dr. Ted Connor. Um, he, he's a, he was a professor at our college who taught the much preferred Tuesday jazz. Okay. okay. <laughs> the type of guy who yeah. just sort of walk into the room and sit down and go, okay, guys, play me blue today. <laughs> and we just go. And, and that's where and, 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 and I nearly, uh, you know, yeah. got our start doing music at Muhlenberg. Uh, I think oh. Jude came in a little later in that class, but definitely Jose, Andrew, and I Whoa. were there from pretty early on. Yeah. Jose and I didn't like each other at first. Oh, yeah, I did not like Jude <laughs> when we first met. <laughs> when I'm we like, met, who's... we were just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> a bit off-put, but... He grew on. But me. then they ended um, up recording an entire acoustic album or two together, and yeah. yeah, in my dorm room, yeah. Those things will definitely bring people together. <laughs> I was going to say mm-hmm. earlier the con- the current configuration that like the four of us we didn't um, become this, I guess, until Judah's wedding. We were his yeah, wedding band, twenty nineteen, um, and so we weren't Doctor Ted back then. Uh, we just 
played a couple covers and a couple originals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, 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 the venue that I guess the, the area where Judah's wedding was, is like a, uh, yes, ca- bungalow colony. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bu- yes, yes, yes. It's a, bu- it's a little bungalow colony called Rosemary's uh, cottages. Uh, used to be a day camp back in the day. Um, my family, like all good New York Jewish families, we go up to the Catskills in the summer. <laughs> um, oh, so, so um, they, they have all sorts of um, musical entertainment up there. Um, and we we ended up um, returning, uh, I guess that was 2020, summer of 2020, um, to do to do a couple performances there. Um, and, uh, as, as the unit had become the four of us, we had some friends who, uh, we all sort of went our separate ways for various reasons. Sure. Um, and, uh, there, there was an element of, um, all right, we're the four of us are left. We're going to play music together. Um, we're all now living in the same area. I had been in Virginia uh, for graduate school. And then I dropped out and moved back to New York. Um, and so, uh, they, uh, Andrew and Maddox are from Pennsylvania. So they, they had moved to the city and we, we were all finally closer and we thought, well, we should, we should come up with a name. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I came up with it while I was driving one day. Um, I was like, doctor, oh, doctor, something. And the somethings. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I liked the concept of like a person, like a, a figure. Um and I think we we just sort of fleshed it. At one point it was like the stone band. And then we were like, nah, that's clunky. Yeah. <laughs> we we're like, we could we could do better than that. Awesome. So um why don't each of you kind of take a turn um, sharing a memory that you have uh, surrounding music that, you know, either had a, a huge impact on you or something that keeps you motivated, you know, like a song you wrote or a show you went to, uh, something that, you know, just sticks with you. For me, I don't think it's necessarily a memory. I think it's more just like the feeling I get when I listen to music and how much more amplified it is when I'm actually playing music. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess if you want like a memory or something, that's like a specific reason why is just, it's just the damn stubbornness of wanting to prove to the world that they still need some like rock and roll, uh, instrument playing musicians that aren't trying to follow a specific trend in almost like a punkish way. Mm -hmm. But you know, I don't have any cool tattoos at this moment, so I'm not a true punk. <laughs> that was a perfectly legitimate response. <laughs> <laughs> There's a one memory that particularly sticks out with me at the moment. Um, but yeah, one memory that uh, particularly remains with me at the moment um, is going to see King Gizzard for the first time back in 2018. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, um, Australian psychedelic rock band. I don't know if you know, but mm-hmm. um, is oh yeah, but it's it's like 
when I went to see them live, you know, I'd seen, I, I'd listened to like a bunch of their albums to that point. You know, I love their sound, the heavy sort of driving psychedelic garage rock combined mm-hmm. with progressive rock, uh, combined with, you know, basically everything under the sun, mm-hmm. you know, trying bas- trying to expand on all of the old set, all the sounds of the past that have been done, but in their own sort of gizzardy way. Um, but like seeing it live, it really sort of drove home, I, I guess, the power of that sound and of that approach and of their energy. And it was just like, I, I remember being like right at the front, like I, I think right on the, the bar in, in, in the front row. And like basically the mosh was like ru- running up against me. And I was like, whoa, this is this is something. Um but after it, afterwards, um, I think I I was back, um, you know, waiting for like whatever band members to come out. And Stu McKenzie, their front man, he was like one of the first out and came came over to the fans, and we were all like, "Yeah, it's Stu." Um, and I remember going over to him and saying, "Like, dude, how do you do this every night? You give like a hundred and ten percent on these like." absurd stretches of tours like all over the world and he's like he's very humble he was very humble about it he was like i don't know my ankle bloody heads and something or something like that and it was just like <laughs> it, it was it was great you know and i just want to i i hope going forward with my musical career i can have that sort of i guess drive that sort of energy to continue with the grind of mm-hmm. maintaining a band like ours sure definitely yeah it's complicated holding people together for sure mm-hmm. all right judo or jose um you can i go. think i kind of yeah i'm I, i'm kind of gonna i guess to echo uh andrew in in a way um well i guess yes and no now that I think about it, I would say they're the reason I do music and something that propels me um, is is a memory um, of music always being in my childhood. My dad would sing us folk songs before bed. My sister taught me how to sing and we were always singing in my house. Even to this day, whenever I see my sister, we always end up singing something together. Um, but but to to kind of Andrew's point, that feeling of playing music and that feeling of performing, there's just there is nothing like it in the world. There's like getting up on stage and performing, especially with these guys, the, the sound, the feeling that being in that space in that pocket that we are able to create with the four of us it just has this magic to it and it's this feeling that you kind of never want it to stop and and i mean i'm a performer in my in my daily life as well i do nursing homes and that can get a little like monotonous but it's still even performing in that i'm just like this is this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it and I don't care because it feels too damn good to stop. Um yeah, yeah. That, that that's the best I think I can articulate that. 
Also a perfectly legitimate answer. You're up, Jose. I actually, I, I, I'm going to piggyback off Judah because I, I like that he brought up his day job because I'm an educator. I work in children's theater. I do lessons most of the day. I play shows. And as much, like, I also fucking love playing live. There is nothing like it. But uh, I guess my quote, my you know memory in this instance is just that side of what I do, which is giving like that feeling that we all love playing live, like gently passing that on to the you know tiny humans, um, and I think that side. Like like I said, I love playing with these boys. I would I would love to do nothing more than this, but I the one thing I do like equally is sharing the ability to do that mm-hmm. and everything that has come with that. Cause kids nowadays are weird and like we were pretty weird too, but you know, they're weird in what feels like a way scarier time. And so um, I said to one of them the other day, like, you know, I was riffing in the middle of my lesson, just trying to keep it upbeat, uh, cause she was really young. And I said, music is the closest thing we have to magic. Uh, you know, just sure. pull that one out of my ass, but <laughs> it, it got it like the rest of the lesson went well. Tug. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that I guess is cause I can play for me every you know as much as i want like Mm -hmm. i work sitting at a piano i can noodle and teach at the same time but that is the thing that really drives me on top of enjoying it is being able to teach someone else how to enjoy that as well and find that find that sure that's great um so on that note where can people find that where (laughs) where is your social media guys what are your links we are Dr. Ted in the Stone on Instagram. Uh, and I'm just going to quickly pimp out uh, Porchlight Studio Stage and School in Glen Rock, New Jersey. Yeah. We, uh, um, we also have a Facebook, uh, if anybody uh, is still using that. Um. <laughs> Where, anyways, um, our social media is we're on Instagram. That's usually where I'm at editing. So if anyone wants to talk directly to me and or Judah, just go on Instagram and the Instagram is called Dr. Ted and the stone. That is our Instagram page. And then there's I believe links. We have a, sorry. I believe we have a YouTube too. Um, let me see. Oh yeah, we Dude. do. We have a, a full link tree as well. Yes, we do. Yes. It's in our bio. It has upcoming dates. Uh, we are running a promotion with least of all records. I forget where they're based out of in the city, uh, but um, in Brooklyn, amazing. Uh, we're doing uh, on like February nineteenth. I want to say a collaboration with them where we're getting some some pressings done of four of our tunes. They are uh, someday anyway, a song about rain, uh, cascade, and ain't it funny. Mm. And I believe so. Yeah. The, the cool thing about these uh, vinyls we're recording live to vinyl, it's not going to be mixed at all. Each recording is its own individual master. Uh, so, so we're recording it live, but also whoever purchases it, 
let's say Jose purchased one for himself because he I'm gonna. like that. Yeah, me too. I'm so gonna. We're we're all rock stars slash narcissists. It's all good. <laughs> but um, you we can personalize these vinyls to the purchaser. So let's say my if my brother purchased it, I could say, "Hey, how you doing? Have fun at your new job." And then uh, we record the song, and That's then it cool. gets shipped out to him. Yeah, so very excited to share that with friends, family, and friends of the band. And uh, mm. it's on leastofall.com, I believe. It's going to go for about $27, but trust me, it's worth it. Awesome. So, uh... okay. And uh, we're going to have, hopefully footage to follow of us recording in those sessions mm. so look out for that i guess a sweaty maddox <laughs> is what I, you're going to see I, I too am a drummer oh yes familiar with drummer sweat i get it oh um all right so uh why don't you kind of each kind of take a turn kind of just given uh a life lesson or a message that resonates with you um, that you want to throw out there. Mm. Uh, I'll go quick. I was explaining this the other day, and this is this is just silly for the most part. <laughs> it's buy it nicer. Uh, no, it's not buy it nicer. Buy it twice. It's a uh, fucking don't skimp out on the shit that separates you from the floor. So like tires, shoes, socks, your mattress. Ball out for that shit. You won't regret it. It's, it's good advice. <laughs> See, I I would say well that is good advice. Uh, never mind. I'm gonna get in trouble if I say this. So whatever. Um, some advice. Uh, <laughs> pass. Fair enough. I guess I can go next. Um, I, um, learning from my music major has made me more, I guess, appreciative of the finer aspects. I guess of the fundamentals of music, like rhythm, harmony, melody. Um. I've learned now to go into music not with any preconceived judgments of, oh, that's like a pop song. Or, oh, that's like a disposable top mm. 40 song, you know? Like, <clears throat> I think all music has some sort of merit. Um, you know, otherwise it wouldn't, wouldn't be around in some capacity. But, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder whether or not uh, it should stand the test of time. And I think that um, there, there, there are things to be learned, even from bad music. Sure, definitely. I completely agree. All right. Andrew, did you come up with anything or should we just jump to Judah? <coughs> uh, yeah, I kind of want to echo Maddox because when I was in college as well, I would be very anti listening to top 40 um for no specific reason except i found most pop stars to not uh be playing instruments live while performing but as i kind of fell into audio engineering and audio production uh you know working in music recording studios or post production um, like working on podcasts and films, all these, you know, I'd watch videos on mixing and editing and all these artists are just so talented and it just blew me away by what is behind the curtain, working in the studio, seeing the artists, but also the engineers. 
um, not only gave me a new respect for the specific artist, but I would just listen a lot more intensely to see how they do that, how they come up with that. So I'd say always be curious, try to see what's behind the curtain. Always, uh, you know, learn as much as you can about something that might interest you or, you know, or if it's not that interesting, I love like going to sleep and like reading some random Wikipedia page about whatever it's, you know. Sure. So to kind of uh, expound on what you're saying there about, you know, the conversation between listening to top 40 and things like that. I once had a conversation with a friend that was very similar to that about kind of naysaying the top 40 uh, people um, based on like all the electronics and stuff that they put into their music. And my friend at the time uh, basically put it like this. And he, he just said, it's extremely difficult within the studio setting to actually make those sounds. And it's a lot of manipulation of just sine waves and saw waves to get a specific type of electronic sound. And that in itself is an artistry. Yeah. Making the, yeah, it is. It's amazing. I've been sitting with my, uh, I would sit with my friends while they're more beat makers than necessarily like instrumentalists and specific songwriters. Just watching them like go through mm-hmm. to find the perfect snare, it was like <laughs> mind numbing, but also inspiring at the same yeah, time. <laughs> All right, Judah, what do you got? Let's see if I can do this without too much echo. Um, stay curious, love everybody, go to therapy, stay hydrated love one another make music and just be good people i'm network, I, network. yeah <laughs> network and listen and stay tuned for our new album coming out in <laughs> a month or two um i guess that's my my parting advice <laughs>